Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I am so excited about our content today. If you are new to the show, we're in a season where we're unpacking American education. So be sure to scroll back on my podcast and the cvcu.us page for some tips on breaking free from the system. And make sure you check out my latest book, Outsourced, Why America's Kids Need an Education Revolution, which you'll find on Kindle and outsourcethebook.com. Well, we've been talking the last several weeks about the toxic traits in the public school environment and how parents can break free of the system. Today, we are interviewing Pastors Jonathan and Joanne Brozazog from Creative Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. We met in October 2020 when the world had gone absolutely crazy and they felt compelled to join the rescue mission. And so in January 2020. One, they launched Creative Academy in Maple Grove, Minnesota, which you're going to hear all about today, where they are shifting culture. Pastors Joanne, Pastor Jonathan, thank you. Welcome to the show today. Hey, we are so excited to be on here, and uh, we're just honored. Yes, Dr. Lisa, thank you so much for having us. You guys are amazing. Well, tell us first. I know, you know, we have families that stress out about homeschooling two kids. So tell us a little bit about your journey with your tiny family. Um, two kids. <laughs> Be a that would be a dream. <laughs> well, we have eight kids and five are in school right now. Um, so, yes, it is a little stressful, but it's manageable. You can do it. I promise yes. it, it can happen. <laughs> yes. What was kind of your impetus for starting homeschooling when you when you did begin? Well, we uh, my oldest, um, we, they were in private school, two of them, and my oldest was going into third grade, and his teacher told me at the end of the year, basically, that he would fail third grade if he went, continued to go to that school, uh, because he had some learning disabilities. And I was like, what? Wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, right. this is not what you're supposed to be telling me. And then we found out he was dyslexic, and uh, um, we felt that it was better to bring him home. And once I had him home, I'm going to have everybody home. Yeah. And it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, that was the door that opened up the possibilities of yes. homeschool to us. And what, one of the things we've discovered in that is, you know, really nobody has the anointing to, to really raise your child uh, like you do. And, That's right. And the, the care, the love, the concern, and the nurture. And they were basically telling us we can't do. We can't help him. What, what he needs. And so... Uh, there was that that first moment of like, can we do this? Do we know how to do this? You know that I think a lot of parents feel that little bit of anxiety or whatnot. But yeah. you absolutely have what it takes. You know, God gave them to you, and That's you right. have what it takes. And yeah. uh, we decided to no longer outsource it and bring it in, and uh, we have no regrets. No regrets. So beautiful. I just love the heart of that. And once you get one home and you realize this is a relational attachment that's, I mean, you just have all this time to pour into. That's why we call it educational discipleship. I just love that. What is a typical day like with, um, not five school age, but you know, what is a typical day like when you're educating, educating a family? 
of that size. (laughs) (laughs) Well, being pastors, you know, our schedule isn't very like, okay, you can do this from nine to 10 and every day can be different for us. So I'm, I'm very flexible with their schooling. Mm -hmm. You know, they get up, they start school, um, they're in it for like two, three hours Mm -hmm. and then we go have fun, basically (laughs) go outside, we play, you know, um, they do creative academy. So we do a lot of the elective classes with that. Yeah. And they love it. They and just, just bring love in it. education and everything. That was one yes. thing you taught me. We did. We brought education into everything. So if we're outside, we're talking about, you know, how many trees do you see? Like, it doesn't have to be everybody sit down at the table and learn right. from here. It could be we're learning when we go in grocery shopping. How much does that cost? Well, if I add this, you know, like, well, like how much would the, my, is my bill going to be? Right. Learning percentages. It's just everywhere. And I don't think I ever noticed that until I started homeschooling. Yeah the opportunity that I have to do schooling with them all day long. So it doesn't have to be like a sit down moment Yes, where you're pouring so much time into teaching them. So, and it's such a formal way. And I think a lot of parents get really confused about that because they feel like they have to replicate a school environment at home. It's so organic. I know I yes. was really surprised the first year I had my kids do like a standardized test to see where they were and their vocabulary skills were incredible. And I didn't teach them vocabulary. They talked to me and I talked to them as though they were adults. They emulated the behavior of their parents, you know, in our vocabulary yes. skills. And that's when I started to re- realize how organic the whole model was that every Everything is learning and it really gives us that opportunity to fulfill the Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9 passage where we really have the opportunity to talk with them about the the word as we're going along our days, which a lot of parents don't get if their kids are, you know, outsourced for eight hours a day to school and then another three hours to coaches or homework. So I love that. That's just, I love the organic and I love that across the nation, whoever we talk to, they all, we all see the same fruit. It's just incredible. Well, you guys have a unique vantage point as pastors and homeschoolers. What are some um, some of the shifts that you see? The local church is shifting. The education field is shifting. Why do you think pastors should jump into the rescue mission? You guys have jumped in with both feet. That's right. And <laughs> it, it, it goes back to one of the things we learned, uh, I think, from you, is that, you know, the government didn't start schools. Churches did. Right. And I think it's time for the church to reclaim a lot of its 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 legacy uh, in this and get involved and, you know, stop just outsourcing everything, get involved and speaking truth. Because when the church doesn't talk, people die. Yes, and so and there's just lies that are being told to our our kids that are so deceitful that if we don't get in and really teach the word of God and take a stand and be vocal about it and have the courage to be vocal about it, so many pastors are honestly, and I, and I don't want to tear down pastors because we need as many as we have, but but we we can no longer afford to be passive. Yeah. And it reminds me of Esther when she said, you know, if I go in here, I may die, but if I don't, we're gonna sure. die. And That's I right. think now, if 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 we if we speak truth, there may be some people who don't like it, but if we don't speak truth, we're we're gonna lose the the opportunity to speak it. And given our kids the courage to go in and to stand in a place where their faith can be celebrated and not tolerated, I think is so important. And as dads, uh, you know, really realizing that we're called, not not just moms, but we're called to raise the kids. God told Abraham, teach your kids, you know, write it on their heart. And I think um, just speaking to dads for a moment, uh, taking responsibility and being a part of raising our children and not just saying, I'm going to work, mom's staying home with the kids, or, you know, or, or if both are working, that's more, you know, my wife's responsibility, but really taking the responsibility um, as a father and, and, and then as pastors, 
you know, having the courage to speak up. Because if we fail to have the courage, the next generation will not. So incredibly powerful. What a call to dads and to pastors. I was just at a conference with George Barna and he was just talking about, you know, obviously the millennial mindset and the generational, uh, the lack of biblical worldview across the generations, which I know you, you and I have talked about before, but that concept where pastors will tell me they're afraid to offend people in their congregation. And so they don't yes. want to talk about school. And, you know, we're watching this whole generation of anxious, depressed, atheist children oh, being yeah, raised absolutely. right here in America. And it's a, so it's no longer just the survival of, you know, the family. It literally is. We face extinction in the church if, right. if pastors don't step up. In California, if if we just had 75% of our churches open their doors to 260 students, we would shut down the public school system tomorrow. Wow. Pa- and you know, pastors can do it. Yes. Can do it. I know that a lot of times they feel like they can't, but yes. I'm telling you, we did it. It, it was a, it was a rescue mission yeah. for our church Oof. in our city, yeah. our city and school district just went completely, you know, uh, in terms of speaking lies to gender yeah. and, yeah. oh yeah. You know, and and we just had to step up and say, look, you know, this whole love is love is not true because and they they hide under the lie of like, just love people, love people, love people. But it's possible to love people and not love God. But it's impossible to love God and not love people. And so we when you expose that as a church and you really uncover the lie of it and you're we just had hundreds of students. We had to go on a wait list and those families started coming to our church. And so I encourage every pastor yeah. listening, uh, you have what it takes to yeah. do this. And, you know, our buildings a lot of times sit empty all week. And I, I think if there's ever been a season to open up those doors and rescue the next generation, it's now. Yes, let's go. Seriously, what the agency, the efficacy of the local church is, it's right here in the stats. We have the power to literally shift the culture. And I know, um, you know, when we have people in our church who are, who've been in education system, they know it's broken. They're aware. But yes. a lot of times they feel trapped because they don't feel like they have, uh, you know, anywhere to go. And so when we open up these opportunities for people in our church to be enriched by mentoring and coaching and teaching. And we have, um, you know, we form these incredible networks. We, we find the golden people in our congregation, even that we didn't know existed. So I, that's why I've loved this model. Talk to me a little bit about maybe pastor Joanne, you can speak to any favorite curricula that you've used any, um, anything that really has stood out to you. Did you, did you, uh, cut and paste things together or did you use one particular one that you loved? What's your, what's your method? You know, I've used a a few different ones, but right now my kids are doing a Becca along with the curriculum that we're doing at Creative Academy. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of just mixed and, you know, whichever one they like, that's the one we do. Because if they like it, they're going to do the work. (laughs) They're going to want to learn. And so I just kind of cut and paste different things, but they mostly do a Becca and a lot of subjects. It's great. A lot of parents are, are paralyzed by that freedom of choice. So sometimes we'll you know, start off with something solid at, you know, that we choose for them and then let them have that freedom. But that's the beauty of it. You can monitor and adjust if it doesn't work oh, yeah. out. I've changed half halfway through the year a bunch. So good. Because <laughs> it's just like, this is not working. Let's move on to yeah, something else. It is the beauty of it. Because you know when the kids go to public school or even private, they put them in a system. Yeah. Right. And that system doesn't work for every student. And homeschooling really lets you create a system 
and a, a method around really the anointing and the gifts that your kid has. Yes. yes it does. Individualized. And it lets them learn. Yeah. It yes. lets them love to learn. Yes. That's a marker I see, a distinctive marker in the homeschool population. They love to learn. I want to jump in and talk about this incredible program that the Brozozogs have developed because they have a heart for the next generation. They have a heart for shifting culture. And they knew that there were some questions, concerns parents had, and some responsibility that teens needed to gain before they could have the privilege of owning a cell phone. So talk talk to us about the program you've developed, uh, a little bit about the why behind it, and then we'll talk about how how parents can find you. So great. So the name of the program is selfimpermit.com, and it is uh, pretty much America's first online uh, interactive uh, course that teaches students how to use a cell phone in a responsible and positive way before they get it. And this was something that the Lord literally spoke to my wife and I. We had run a driver's ed at our church for teenagers for years. We had to shut it down during COVID. And the Lord literally spoke to us and said, I want you to take the same model, but apply it for cell phones. And we realized there was nothing out there when our students started to want a cell phone. Yeah, our, our, our son wanted a cell phone. And he's like, all my friends have cell phones. And I'm like, I'm not giving you a cell phone. It's not happening. I'm not giving you just access to the Internet uh, to do and social media and all this kind of stuff without you knowing like what can happen on there. Yeah. And so when we started looking for it, it was nowhere around. I was like, what is going on? How do we not educate our students to learn how to use a cell phone? Right, because we learned that in driver's ed in Minnesota, at least it's 33 hours in order to get a driver's license. But parents just give a kid a cell phone and it unlocks the doors. And Mm. and when they mess up, uh, they take it away for a week and give it back. But there's no education. So this literally is a a very great course that teaches the parents and the students. uh, Just like you get a, a driver's permit, you do it with the parent. And so the student is doing and learning cell phone with the parent. And all the passwords, all the codes. And I think we messed up with this generation because we didn't model transparency. We modeled Mm. privacy to our kids. You can't have my phone. You can't see my passwords. Privacy, privacy. But what we need to model is transparency. And so learning to teach parents to model transparency is a huge win. So now we're seeing public schools and private schools pick up this curriculum as a prerequisite in order to bring your phone on campus. Also, as a disciplinary tool, if students are are operating cyberbullying, or things like that, they have to take the course in order to bring their phone back. So it handles so many wonderful things uh, and helps students really set it up for a win because students are getting phones around eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, really encouraging parents to invest in it because uh, we did a stat that told us, you know, parents are spending anywhere from uh, $2,700 a year to 600 hours annually on an activity for their kids. And the odds of them taking that extracurricular activity in adulthood is 0.001%. Wow. But but they're all going to have a cell phone. There's a 100% chance they have a cell phone. And so really trying to help the parents set these kids up for a win. And we have testimony after testimony of of just great results from kids saying, I'm not ready for TikTok. Or, you know, we had a 12-year-old come out of it and say, I'm addicted to porn. How do I tell my parents? Wow. And so really trying to help these students set up for a win is, is, is a great thing we can do. Yeah, that was our goal was to educate the students so they don't feel like they're being told, like, you can't have this, you can't have this. It's more of, this is what could happen when you have this. Now, what do you think? So it gives them the opportunity to, to really realize what can happen on the social media and uses of the websites, you know, of different websites. Yeah, everything's a digital tattoo on it. And so um, really helping them 
understand not just there's a lot of programs out there that are big brother that show parents what kids may do but there's nothing that actually educates a student on why you shouldn't want to do that and the parent what the ramifications are if you do and the parent there's a lot of things i didn't even know i was like what i can't believe that (laughs) i gotta learn this stuff because you know young people they they're smart they can they have come up with all kinds of ways around things so it's it's been a learning tool for us too to learn what's happening in the you know, in the youth groups and yeah. the teenagers, not even teenagers, like middle school and, you know, upper elementary, what they're yeah. walking through. Yeah. is It's very shocking. And the bullying that's taking yes. place through that is unbelievable. Yeah. The cyberbullying, the sextortion, yeah. um, so many things in the addiction, you know, kids are on these phones eight to nine hours a day. Mayo Clinic right. says no more than two, uh, two hours, yeah, not two eight hours. to nine hours. Yeah, screen. Yeah. And, and, and then you got families, you know, the average family is spending less than 15 minutes together right. a day. Right. And so we're all on our phones. We're alone together. Yeah. So really educating yeah. the family to set this up for a win. It's so important. Our, all of our kids, they're on this. They're on it eight, nine hours. And so how it works real quick is it sets them up. So the first six months they get phone. If they do well with that, then they get they get text. If they do well with that, they get internet. It's two and a half years before they get to social media, which we still never recommend. If they break the contract with their parent, they go back to phone. Wow. And so it becomes Love something it. through earn. You earn the trust as you grow. It's mm. not just here's a phone and, and here's everything. Mm. It's something they literally learn through those stages. So uh, our hearts to get it in every every family, every school. Uh, public and private and churches, you know, with their youth groups, because we have so many pastors and churches who are going, we don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, so we, we really feel like God gave us this to help the next generation. Mm-hmm. This is so powerful. The progressive responsibility model of teaching students, um, of educating them so they can walk in freedom, but freedom has to come with a moral foundation. All of our founding right. fathers said that. And so you're absolutely right. We're giving giving children these phones and they have no capacity, no agency for handling the influx of, of temptation and destruction and bullying and all the things that are going to come. This is so beautiful. What age do you, I mean, if kids are average getting a phone at eight, I mean, what are you targeting in terms of the age uh, where they should start this program? So we would say they need to start it in junior high. Okay. So, you know, a lot of kids, you know, they're getting those phones are eight or nine. We have a much higher success rate if kids take the course before they get the phone. Okay. And a lot of the younger kids see it as a key or gateway to get a phone. If you have to, when we have 16 and 17 year olds taking the class, it's because they're in trouble. Their parents are like, <laughs> I've taken your phone away. You're taking this class. So they typically don't want to do it. And they've already created those bad habits. So if we can teach them on the front end, our success rate is so much, so much higher. And then the, the phone that we actually gave our kids to start with um, and what we recommend is Gab, uh, Gab Wireless. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like a smartphone, but it operates just like a normal flip phone. It doesn't have all of the access that you're going to get internet. through an iPhone, mm-hmm. it's, but it looks like it. So, you know, one of the things we learned is like, uh, like my, my son He's like, I don't want a flip phone because, you know, it looks it looks like a flip phone. Everybody else is on a smartphone. This looks like a smartphone, okay. but it's actually not. So that's that's kind of their been their precursor is Gab Wireless, which was actually established a network by a father who was in the same situation. Wow. 
amazing. This is just such an answer to, I mean, I just think about the the process of addiction and what that's costing the next generation. And it was such an open door that the enemy used to just sneak in, you yes. know, all the screens oh, yeah. now. He has, you know, we would, if a stranger came to our door, we would never let them in, but yet a stranger has come into the, the house through the, mm-hmm. through the screens. And so, yeah, we talk about all the time you were speaking my language about the 15 minutes a day that parents are spending with their kids about the two, two hour max screen time, zero to two, no screens. And the two to adult two hours, three hours is considered heavy usage, which shapes our worldview. So just such powerful work. Well, I am so excited to share this. We need to get this in all of our homeschool network academies. Definitely. This is a phenomenal program. Can, can you do it like, um, well, we'll talk more about maybe doing that as a course. You have it as an online course piece yes, where we can actually plug in. Course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to talk about the logistics okay. of that because that is amazing. <laughs> Tell, uh, just as we kind of wrap up, any other words of wisdom for parents who are listening to the show and they're thinking, I know God's calling my kids out of traditional school education. What can I do? What are some words of wisdom you might share with a, a somebody on the fence there? I would say for me... Uh, the days are, are long, but the years are short. Mm. And and you absolutely have what it takes yeah. to raise your children and to teach them and to instruct them. I think so many times we just, you know, we outsource the sports, outsource God to church and Sunday school and outsource education. And nobody has the anointing to raise your right. child like you do. And so I just want to encourage, you know, any parents that are listening to this uh, to, to take the reins back and take the influence back into the life of your child, um, you know, and be their parent. You know, I know a lot of people want to be their friend, but you can be their friend the rest of their life. You have a short season to be their parent and write this, the the word of God on their heart and to, you know, take the reins and to prophesy this over your children. I'm shocked at how many people have never, how many adults have never received a prophetic word from their parents. And so, you know, you are a a prophetic voice in their home and it doesn't have to be long. A lot of sometimes, sometimes when we hear like godly prophecies are so long, we can't remember it, Mm -hmm. but demonic prophecies are so short, you know, because they're bullying words. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're dumb. You're a loser. And then there's just demonic prophecies spoken over kids again and again and again. And I think, you know, taking responsibility for your children and being that prophetic voice of you know, encouragement and support and love and affirmation into them uh, is the greatest gift you could ever give them. And so I just want to encourage every parent, you have what it takes. So powerful. So good. I agree. You can do it. I know the first year is probably the hardest for me, but after that, I love the relationship I have with my kids now. I feel like they can come to me with anything. They can come to both of us because there's just such a a beautiful relationship that happens when you're at home and you're together, their siblings are their best friends. Mm-hmm. And I just think you can do this. You can do this. My kids, you know, every time I was like, I'm going to put you back in school. They're like, no. So you can do it. I promise. And they're going to love it. They will love it. Beautiful pastors, Jonathan, Joanne, Brozog, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Pastors, DM me for help on getting your church active in the homeschool support realm. The church is the hope of the world. We cannot afford to step back and allow the devil to take any more territory in the next generation. Be sure to click cvcu.us, start an academy to jump in. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn. Thanks for joining us on today's show. I'll be back next week with more of our toxic trait analysis and what you can do to break free of the system. We'll see you then. 
thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at drlisadunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E.com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.